All right, team. So like I said, today's focus is going to be about creating long-term change, long-term behavior change specifically. So like I said, this is going to be a little bit deeper on this one. We're really going to sort of strip it all back, really look at kind of who you are, what you do, why you do, kind of what you do, and effectively how to influence that and how to create changes to that. So effectively, you can get what you want out of your life. It's kind of getting out of your own way almost. So I very quickly want you to reflect. I want you to spend the next sort of 60 seconds and just simply reflect and get some shares in the chat box. What do you feel you're most proud of over the last, let's say, 90 days? Or if you want, again, as we're recording this, this is obviously just the 6th of January, even just the last seven days. Over the last seven days, what do you feel that you are most proud of? Take 60 seconds on that one and then just get a couple of shares in the chat box there, team. I need your fully engaged attention here so let's again get the chat box going let's keep this engagement going because the more that you play the more that you interact the more that you're going to take away from this guys i promise you promise you So just a couple shares here, ones that kind of stand out is uh, Jay's proud of helping others and stepping up to a more involved role when it comes down to his work and his networking. Um, Roshina is saying, I'm proud of it, continuing to be optimistic at work despite difficult circumstances such as COVID, low staff levels, etc, etc. Uh, Alex is saying, proud of powering through a tough time and still sticking to routines regardless. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. So noise above all is really... Notice what inspires you. Notice what you focus on. So it's that level of consistency. It's that level of optimism. It's that level of networking for three examples. So notice that that's something that you obviously value. That's something which is obviously important to you. And if you're looking to make changes, it's how can we associate your highest values in terms of being optimistic, in terms of networking with other people? How can we focus on these habits and these behaviors that you feel that you should do? And how do we make them part of who you are so it's something that you must do? Something that you do is just as part of who you are. You don't question it. You don't doubt it. So what we're going to focus on today is really just about getting a greater understanding of yourself. We're going to learn how to raise your standards, manage expectations, remove limitations, create more awareness and live with emotional, physical and professional consistency. That's the main goals and outcome for today. Now, I want you to understand that I am not here to fix you. <laughs> I am simply here to provide you with more tools to help you become the person that you've always been capable of. When it comes down to your success, that as an element, as an influence in terms of what I do. But I'm here just to simply create the environment and kind of knock on the door. 
And if I can provide the right tools and the right environment that you feel confident enough to lean into and then you can grow, then I know that I've done my job. So for some new faces, maybe I want to actually just kind of introduce in terms of who I am. So on the left-hand side, you can see here, um, Played American football, played for Team GB, went down to London, went across to Germany, played a high level, as I said, GB in my, in my junior, so 16 there. Um, now, as you can see, kind of got into like health and fitness, had a couple of coaches, got in pretty good shape, as you can sort of see. Bottom left, I was traveling Australia. So again, after all this sort of success, went away traveling and just basically kind of got up and packed away and just lived carefree for four years. And then I got back into like competing and doing powerlifting and back into coaching as well. But that's great because that's kind of the highlight reel. But what I think is also really important is that I also want to share in terms of who I'm not. I'm not perfect. Guys, I'm far from it. <laughs> I've just made the mistakes and learned the lessons. I've just got a couple, maybe a couple of years, uh, a bit more experience fixated and focused on this. I've just invested in the right coaches. I've been fortunate enough to listen to the right people and put myself in the room with people who are 100 times smarter than I am. But also, this goes hand in hand with a dad who's diabetic, who's been given 70. He's, he's got another eight years left, nine years left. My mom's had two hip replacements and a back surgery. My dad's diabetic. He's on the kidney transplant list. Um, doesn't leave his house much. <laughs> My mum can't really walk or really lay, look, weight bear anything. She's again, she's on a, on queue for a second hip replacement. So like health and fitness was never like something which I had a firm grasp on or a clear understanding on. I just knew that I didn't want to be like my parents when it came to health and fitness. Now, my dad is one of the most caring, compassionate, softest, most gentle guys you can ever meet. He's just so kind, without fail. My mom is one of the most hardworking, again, loving, empathetic, just a real, a real mum. You just want to give her a hug. Like, you just can't not love Claire. Absolutely. But when it comes into their physical health, there's a lot of things that I don't, I can't relate to them on that one. So when I got into sports and started to feel empowered and feeling strong, it then flipped me on its head because I went too deep onto that side. I focused on like not drinking alcohol. I focused on really limiting my sugar intake. I focused on just having high protein, just having these protein shakes, skipping out on alcohol, skipping out on social events, going to bed on time, waking up, exercising like six, seven days a week and eating nothing but chicken and broccoli because I thought it was the healthy thing to do. I was doing everything I possibly could to stay so far away from what I didn't want. And what I ended up getting is terrible health because I had body image dysmorphia, I had a binge eating disorder. It took me four years to overcome a binge eating disorder. I would eat chocolate in secret and then put two fingers down my throat and vomit it back up without anybody knowing. And then a family come in, I was like, how have you ate a whole bar of Galaxy? And I was like, oh yeah, I just, I exercise a lot, I burn it off. No, I was just sho shoving my fingers down the throat. So I really want you to understand that I'm not innocent, I'm not perfect, I'm not some form of guru. I've just had a little bit more experience. I've just made those mistakes. And I've been fortunate enough to have coaches such as this guy, Jacob, um, to just help guide me through certain things, such as my current coach, Shannon, such as my current business coach. I felt like these other avenues, these other mentors that I have. So... What I want to try to kind of get clear on is this kind of top down. This is called the DELTS behavior model of change. 
Um, as we're in January, notice how in December our environment had a big influence in terms of the foods that we were eating effectively. Chocolates everywhere, we're in the house a lot more, it's colder, we're bored, more likely to eat more chocolates. That has a bit of an influence in terms of who we are. And effectively, that has a big influence in terms of who you think you are, you are about yourself. So when it comes down to making these changes and wanting to say no to chocolate or manage your chocolate or follow through an exercise or eat the salad and not say that you, like, instead of saying, oh no, I'm just like, like forcing yourself to say no to certain things, just knowing and making that decision and believing that this is part of who you are. So take a look at this and break this thing down. Where do you feel that you're falling short on? One, do you think your house is in order? Because it's very hard for you to stick to a plan when you don't have the right environment. Behaviors, do you have that plan of attack in place? Capabilities, are you hardworking? Like, do you network? Again, are you optimistic? Yes, as long as we can remember, we focus on those beliefs and those values in terms of who you are, that will then filter down into everything that you're doing. So when we reflect back, especially into like December, uh, the unique thing about history, history is just simply a study of what, of what is past, but the unique thing is it can help us understand and predict elements of the future. Here's the thing, guys. You have 365 days to feel exactly as you feel right now. No matter what's happened in December, if you've overdone it, if you don't feel you've done enough, um, if this is just a constant yo-yo cycle, or if you want to improve yourself, like you know just to simply rinse and repeat everything you've done over your last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, however long you've been trying to make these changes. If you do everything that you've always done, you get the exact same results. So how can we think a little bit differently? Because the only difference between you and the future version of you isn't the food, isn't the exercise, it's simply how you think about the food, it's simply how you think about the exercise. Because we all have problems, we all have challenges, it's just how you think about those problems. So a simple five-step model that I'm going to introduce is, number one, is simply understanding the concept of yourself. Because yourself is quite a complex situation. So understanding your true motivation. Motivation is just simply what motives, what makes you move? What is your motive for the action? Why do you want to do that? Why do you say that you do some things and follow through on them? And then the opposite side, there's some things that you say, but you never actually follow through. And it's understanding, well, why? Because it doesn't have that benefit to you or you don't see the benefit to it. You don't feel that it's going to improve the quality of your life. If we look at, again, I'm just, for example, I look outside and it's dark. Like if I think, you know what, um, I'm much safer in here, that's going to improve my health. Well, yeah, that's 100% right. But in the long term, is that going to be the most beneficial thing if I've not left the house all day, for example? So it's about understanding that environment, looking at what's important to you. So... We need to think those things that are going well, those things that maybe aren't going so well. So yes, there is short-term solutions to everything. Every decision you make in the short term is just basically driven by what you're focusing on that present moment and the energy overall state that you are in. If we're looking to make sort of long-term changes in those long-term solutions, as I said, we need to try things a little bit deeper, a little bit broader. So. The problem with this is there are three different types of patterns that shape these decisions and the meaning that we place on those things. 
Number one is just simply your physiology, how you use your physical body, such as breath, posture, movement, facial expressions. Number two is the patterns of focus. What are you focused on? How do you feel? And if your focus will constantly influence your feelings. And then number three is just simply the language, the meaning that you give to it. As soon as we put words to an experience, it changes the meaning of our experiences. It's one of those things like, who says money, money will make you happy? Because I've had negative 97 pounds in my bank account, um, about to fly home on a plane home, to go back after traveling for five years, live in my dad's spare bedroom, and it's one of the most content memories I can ever think back and reflect on. Because I was just coming from Vietnam and there was no such thing as money there. Money isn't money isn't something which is even influenced there because they don't value it as something they don't give meaning to. So as long as they're not focused on that, as long as they don't waste energy and give focus and give energy and give feelings to it, then it doesn't have an influence on them. Some people can just look at certain things and just not be bothered by it because it's simply the feelings, it's the meaning that they give themselves. So we want to try and kind of explore these and I just want us to open up some ideas. So understanding like the language that you say to yourself, understand and ask like, this is a great opportunity to improve versus this is too hard. I can't do this versus this is hard, but it's totally worth it. For me, I have these statements in terms of like, that all this means is I still have work to do. This too shall pass. Simply asking myself, what is this teaching me? Because when you open up and you ask yourself those better questions, if you want to improve the quality of your life, it really comes down to improving the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Because those thoughts influence our emotions. If I'm feeling I'm not good enough, I feel shame, I feel guilt, I feel feelings of failure, what am I going to do? I'm going to withdraw, I'm either going to avoid those situations altogether. Even if I go to those situations, I'm going to feel rubbish and it's basically just going to reconfirm the belief of I'm not good enough. So no matter how we think, it influences how we feel, and then that influences what we do. So your thoughts become your emotions, and your emotions come your behaviors. And this is, again, the, the base of the, the emotional state of change, the triad. Focus and attention. What are you focusing on? Like, think of someone who's, like, depressed, if someone who's depressed, they're going to basically be focusing on doom and gloom. When you look at their body, they're slow, their shoulders are slumped over. The language and the meaning, like what are they focusing on? What are they telling to you? Like, woe is me, life is miserable, blah, blah, so on, so on. I've, I've had this, I've had that. And look, again, like depressed, obviously, like there's clinical, like there's more to that, of course. But I'm just trying to give you examples. So even in those moments, what we're trying to do is, can we identify when you're at your best? What is peak state look like if this is your emotional state and if that's sitting on the couch not doing a lot making rubbish decisions not really improving my health how can we picture and embody a peak state and how we do that is basically when we can understand our shoulds and make them our musts so we have an idea of what shoulds we might to be doing how can we follow through on that one so what does that actually look like? So what we need to do for that to happen is get clear on those long-term lessons. What are these things teaching us? So we need to get clear on what we want, what we value, what we need. Two is understand what is influencing those factors. And number three is make sure you live 
and what you want are aligned. So asking yourself, what does that ideal world look like? The clearer and cl like the more clarity you can have in that picture, the more and more things can change. And I'm going to give you a couple examples, but I just want to try kind of go through this idea. So there's a boy, there's a, a lad on here, Alan. He's just joined with the last couple of weeks, and I know he will like this. So he designs kitchens, all right? So he knows he's doing a good job when the blueprint that he presents to his customer is in line with what they vision. So this client has a vision of what they want things to look like. And no matter what Alan does, and no matter what they do, until they are both aligned, things are going to be a bit, it's not going to be plain sailing. So here's the recipe for you to end suffering. We need to look at your life conditions, how you live, the actions that you focus on, and understand the blueprint, the perception of how life should be and the expectations to yourself. So when this is equal and aligned, you're going to be happy. When it's unequal and isn't aligned, you're going to be unhappy. So when you believe that you can't control those life conditions and don't believe you have the power of control to change these, that's when you suffer. Think of it this way. I, uh, so I'm 27 years old. I'm going to be 30 in three years. I've recently reflected on the thought that I set the goal when I was younger that it's important for me to be married and have kids by 32. So that gives me five years to get married and have kids. Sitting with that and thinking with that, that's going to give me a bit of anxiety. Now, all that means is a blueprint that I've told myself. And when I look at my living conditions, yes, me and Megan are together. Yes, she's moving in here. Some could say that that's heading in the right direction. But as well, like taking a moment and stepping, like, is that the blueprint that I'm putting on myself? Or is that just a story that I told myself 10 years ago? Do I need to either change my living conditions or I need to change my blueprint? Is a family and getting married and kids, like, is that important to me? Yes. Is that important to me right now? Not so much. So again, it's about understanding the life conditions, what you're doing on a daily basis, and understanding the blueprint, the perception of what you're telling yourself. It's kind of like, oh, when I'm 30 years old, I'm meant to have this house, this amount of money, this car, this relationship, this type of health, this type of body. I'm meant to have done this, 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 and this. All these plans, all these goals, and I've not achieved them when I'm 30, or when I'm 40, or when I'm 50, or when I'm retired. So when your life conditions equals your blueprint, that's when you're truly, truly happy. So we just need to be clear, what do we need to change? Do we need to reassess this blueprint and change that and create a new roadmap for you? Or do we just need to simply look at some of the actions that you're focusing on? Because if you're unhappy with these, it's often people blame the events, COVID, Omicron, lockdown, the circumstances. Again, I live in Glasgow, we're in lockdown, I'm in restrictions, can't leave. People, Boris Johnson, Nicola Sturgeon, or, oh, well, I can't do this. That blame game. Like, guys, you can never change the quality of your life, improve the quality of your life if you're playing the blame game. It's kind of like playing the victim. And all we really need to kind of shake up in that one is like, cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. You ever just had that where, like, there's just that one person who just goes on and on 
and on and on and on about how much is wrong with the world. And you just want to, like, cool story, bro. And you just look them dead in the eye and just, like, you just need a shake. You're just like, why are you so like this? And again, we dip into the victim mentality a little bit. And that's okay. As long as we don't habitually live there, as long as we don't stay there, we have the power to choose it and we have the power to change it. So like I said, we need to change our life conditions or we need to change the blueprint. And there's this always this quote I'll always come back to. And it's just between stimulus and response, there is a space. And that space is our ability to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And that was by Viktor Frankl. He survived Auschwitz. Um, he was a clinical psychologist and basically just says that look, there's a lot of things which we cannot control, but your ability to choose your response in terms of who do you want to be in those defining moments, that's what's going to make all of the difference. I made a decision when I saw that I couldn't go camping, that I couldn't go, like my parents never went to MDs, that we couldn't go on certain roller coasters, that when we we're flying for a, like when we went flying, we went to Florida. And I just remember the pain and the discomfort that that caused my mom. Like I made a decision in that moment that health is something which I extremely, extremely value. And then as I found the ends of what is a positive relationship and a good relationship with it, I made a decision following on that one in terms of like, cool, I want to help inspire other people with this and do it the right way. So once we understand the importance of state, how we feel, how we act, how we behave, and we know our targets, we must be aware of the three forces which drive those behaviors. Those are the six human needs, the belief systems, i.e. the rule book, and where you live emotionally. So, if anyone doesn't know the six human needs, this is something that Tony Robbins speaks a lot about. Is like, no matter where you go or what you do, everything is influenced by these six human needs. And everybody meets these needs in a certain way of their own. So you have certainty, uncertainty, you have significance and connection, you have growth and contribution. So the first four are shaped by your own personality and the last two are shaped more spiritually, more than anything. So again, you think about um, growth and contribution, that's your own personal development, that's your own ideal fulfillment. And in terms of your personality, like certainty, uncertainty, like you think about people who smoke and do drugs and do alcohol and all these different things, they love that variety. But then at the same time, like think of people who don't have like the, I, I, a lot of my, a lot of really close friends I can think of like live in a van, like are still traveling or 30. They've got a, like, they've got, a, I can think of a couple Romy and Lo, uh, Romy and Louie. They actually have a dog in a camper van. And I was like, I know where we're staying until March. You doing anything March, we might come see you. I'm like, you guys are 36 and you're just still winging it. Like, again, they live off of variety. They live off uncertainty. But that makes them feel so significant because they're very, very unique. But the thing is, they also have the ability to connect with so many other people. So these are kind of like um, equal but same. They're the opposites. But how you meet those needs is entirely up to yourself. Again, some people smoke. If I pull out like... Uh, if I put a gun to your head, for example, I'm going to feel pretty damn significant in your life. I'm going to feel pretty fucking connected to you. I'm going to feel pretty certain, but then at the same time, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty in that life because who knows what's going to happen. It's kind of like 
Imagine watching your favourite TV show. Like, you know how it's going to work. There's that level of certainty. You know exactly what's going to happen. You've seen the movie a hundred thousand times. And I don't care how many times you've watched Star Wars. It's still good. There's that degree of certainty. But also, I can't just watch Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Like, <laughs> for those who've been a little bit like, for those who are Star Wars fans, they're like, oh, really? That's the one you choose? Um, yeah. Third one's not definitely not the best one. Um, far from it. So, we obviously need to make sure you're choosing like a bit of variety. We can't just have the same film on Netflix every single night because we would just get bored. If we lived with high degree of certainty all of the time, then we would just be bored. We'd be bored out of our minds. And exactly that, what happens when you're sitting in the house and you can't go out and you're just stuck there and you just know that this feels rubbish and it feels super, super rubbish. You create a little bit of excitement. So you have a couple of drinks, you eat a little bit of chocolate, you feel a little bit cheeky, a little bit of guilty. Then you wake up and you're like, oh, now I feel even more rubbish. So again, you now just have this huge increase of volatility. So no matter what you do, everything that you do has a way of meeting these six human needs. If it hits three of them, if it hits three of them, chances are the habit's going to stick. So when it comes down to eating better, when it comes down to exercising more, when it comes down to being more optimistic, how is that meeting these needs? When it comes down to networking with more people, how is that meeting those needs? When it comes down to making more money or going for that job promotion, how is that meeting these needs? How are you moving forward on your, on your own life and your own path? So again, here's an example of positive ways that you can meet your needs. And the more and more you focus on these positive things, that's the difference. It's literally the difference between someone who feels that they want to lose weight so that they can say that they've lost weight. Like, I think in this day's age to society, I feel that we post on social media, oh, I'm doing my 10,000 steps, uh, I'm in the gym, booty workouts, hashtag gains, bro, protein, whatever else. Like, it's like we're kind of showcasing it, like I've ticked that box. The difference between people who do healthy stuff and the people who are actually healthy is they focus on what to do versus what not to do again it's it's not like we just need to look at the difference as i said the difference between you and the future version of you is not your problems it's simply how you think about your problems so i know if i want to eat less chocolate i need to drink more water eat more fruit eat more veg exercise and walk that's how I eat less chocolate. I don't think about eating less chocolate. The more and more I focus on eat less chocolate, eat less chocolate, it's just in my head. I've got so much focus there and it gives me anxiety because I used to eat chocolate and shove fingers down my throat to vomit it back up. So I focus more so on what's the benefits of this? What's the positive ways? Because exactly that, when I was eating chocolate in secret, in hiding, I felt pretty damn like significant. I felt pretty unique. I felt pretty important. I felt pretty special. I didn't feel that sort of closeness with anyone. But then when my family came and I was like, look, what are you doing? Like, are you like, like, how are you eating all the chocolate? 
I then felt pretty important. I felt that connection. Like, they came and they kind of cradled me and they kind of gave me the pat on the back and it's, oh, like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? I felt pretty damn confident. I had pleasure in my life. But as well, like, there's some variety in there. So you can meet these positive ways and you meet these in negative ways. So step number two is identifying your rule book, that roadmap. This guides you toward the target for fulfilling your needs. And different types of belief system include identity, belief system, the rules that you have, and uh, of course, your values as well. So I want to kind of just skim through a couple of these slides because identity, this is something we want to come back on. This is something we can build out very, very, I said, when we come back to that DILTS model, that's one of the top things which we can dive in on. But this, I don't want to just kind of fly through it, open up your minds, get just get kind of some things sticking and just get you, you just thinking a little bit differently. And then on a one-to-one -one basis, we can take a real deep dive in terms of what you want to focus on, how to make it stick. So your identity is basically just how you describe yourself, a combination of beliefs about who you are, what you're capable of, and how you distinguish yourself differently from everybody else. So I invite you to take a wee screenshot of this, take a, a photo of this one, and maybe reflect on these ones. Who are you? Who are you not? Who are your role models? Who are they not? How are you like them? How are you like them? And how are you not like them? What is your life about and how can you expand your identity? So when I reflect back on this one, who am I? I'm a, I'm a health coach. I'm inspiring and leading and giving place who don't understand the health and fitness, a place to feel heard and understood. That's my mission statement. Who am I not? I'm not someone who promotes quick fixes or fad diets. Who are your role models? My parents are role models. My business coaches are role models. My clients. Each and every single one of you inspire me like more than you guys can actually know as like uh, inspiring. Who are they not? You guys are not the guys that I go to when I'm struggling for business help or physical help or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My parents are not the person that I go to when I'm speaking about business help or self-development because you're like, oh, why don't you just get a job with a salary and a steady income or something, something like that? Like, um, how am I like them? Again, caring, compassionate. Uh, I'm always a student. Like these are the things which I look at. So this is again a very simple like exercise. Just these simple questions you can kind of come back to, and it just expands out in terms of how do you actually see yourself. So step one on the summary or summary of step one is if you're not where you want to be, your standards have dropped in any other areas. I guarantee if we can address by looking at one of the points below. Identify the state that you're in. In effect, what are you focusing on? Two is your beliefs or your emotional patterns that you habitually go into. And number three is the need to change your life conditions or your blueprint. For example, number two, um, I was just speaking with Alison just before this call and we were kind of speaking a little bit about this one. Um, we're all Glasgow, Scotland based, and we do nothing but complain about the weather, but we still live in, like, we still choose to live in Glasgow because we love to complain about the weather. We love to know, like, we're, we'll openly say how much of a rubbish country we are, but the people, oh, God, the people are brilliant. People are absolutely brilliant. We love it. And we're that optimistic. We are that type of person. So again, like habitually is like no matter what happens, like Glasgow is still a rubbish place, but we choose to live here because of the right reasons. 
So step two is create consequences. How do we make these changes follow through and how do you stick to them? So we must be aware of the pain to change long term. If you do not create it, you must, to, in order to make your changes a must, we must create it. Because without it, you're less likely to follow through on it. Without it, then you'll just be a should of, could of, would of, one day type of person. I want you to try thinking about this, all right? You've got fire on the left-hand side here. So this is pain. And then this is pleasure. The further and further you move away from, I feel fat, I'm not good enough, I, I'm so out of hell, I'm so out of shape. See, when you get to about here, like, the fire's not that hot. It's quite, it's actually all right. So you've lost a couple of pounds. And that's about it. So you kind of settle in your comfort zone. And then we kind of just sit in between this wee stage. And then eventually your comfort zone doesn't become comfortable. You get bored. So you chase that variety. You chase that excitement. So again, you start drinking. You start doing job. Like you start having a takeout just because it's that little excitement because you're just bored of the same old rubbish. So how can we increase the temperature here and how can we increase the desire here? So again, like you, I don't know if any of you guys have just saw in the Facebook group, but me and Alison worked through this. And if Alison doesn't watch those three videos that I've tagged her in, she's going to jump on a call with me and she's going to eat a raw egg. That's pretty minging. So you can bet, Alison, those three minutes, these those three videos are 10 minutes long, 30 minutes of self-development or a raw egg you choose so that's just one very stupid playful way that you can go about it if anyone wants to eat a raw egg get on board so these human needs sometimes you have uh, the majority of people 99 percent of people will have two that really stand out to them so maybe take a second and reflect when you see these what do you feel your top two are and if you really just take a step back and look at what you do in terms of your job, that will tell you what you do. In my experience, most people focus on connection, some form of significance, and depending on kind of the type of person, depending more so on their upbringing, we focus on that uncertainty or variety. So either be um, either number one and number two and or number three and number four. So what stands out to you the most? For example, those people who live life donating to charity, obviously they focus more on sex, contribution to other people. They give more to others than they do for themselves. People who are business-minded and self, possibly self-employed, who think like Donald Trump, he's growth-minded. He's just all about himself. He just wants to focus on significance, feeling about himself, feeling about important, and he just wants to grow and become multi-stupid billionaire president of Mars is just a twit, a tip. So what do you feel are your top two needs? How will they ask yourself these questions? If you don't lose the weight, if you don't run that 10K, how will they be affected if you don't follow through or be consistent with your health and fitness goals? Number two, what will the deeper and long-term consequences be on the quality of my life and those around me who I love most if I don't respect my health, my training, my food, and my energy management? These are two very, very powerful, powerful questions that if you can literally spend two minutes answering those, 
you've increased pain and you've increased desire, that's your motivation. Once you've done that and you've understood the difference in terms of where you are, where you want to go, that backwards and forwards, what I want you to try to think about is once you go through these exercises and you're clear on that, going back feels like texting an ex. You just don't do it. If you've ever texted an ex, or you ever, Alex, it's so funny because we were speaking about my ex-girlfriend and lo and behold, she walked into the gym today. I'm like, oh, hey, what's happening? Funny world that you seem to just creep into my life when we were speaking about it. I mean, I, I, fucking hell. <laughs> um, so it's like you would just you wouldn't go back there. Now, what I mean by that is habitually. Hab habitually, it's just your habits, your behaviors. What are those behaviors that you don't want to go back to? Overeating on chocolate, always ordering the takeout, skipping out on your walk. Once you're clear on why it doesn't serve you and why doing it serves you, it's kind of like messaging an ex. You're just, it's that same level of autonomy. You just maybe think about it from time to time, but because you think about your problems differently, because you know the consequences of that, you're now empowered to choose how you want to act. And you now have power over the past. You've now learned those lessons versus the short-term solution. What's the short-term solution? Take my phone away or whatever. You learn the lesson. Step three is create new empowering belief systems. What's stopping you is a pattern of emotions coming from the feelings that you have that prevents you from doing what you should do. So simply one, step number one is acknowledge. Acknowledge the limiting pattern. Step number two is violate it. Kind of like scratching a CD. If you want to mess it up, like really make it as miserable as you possibly can and get really clear on why eating a takeout three times a week isn't serving you or those people around you and now or in the future. And number three is create a new empowering statement, change your focus, your physiology and your language. Four, as we always say, guys, get your house in order, optimize your surroundings, make sure all the pieces are in place for the standard long-term consistency, optimize environments, spend people with who are important to you, get accountability, mirror role models, and protect your peer, your power of five. Like this is why each and every one of you is important to who I bring into the program. Because I speak to you guys twice, three times a week. So I need to be in the right state to get you guys to move forward and focus on the right things. It takes a lot to do that. Because if any of you guys came and you were just playing the blame game and playing the victim, I'll be honest, I'll probably but look, something needs to change. And if you don't change, it's taking a lot of energy out of me. And there's only so much I can do. It's kind of a, a bit of a, a team effort here. Last one, step number five, is create those non-negotiables. So for me, here's a couple which I focus on, is I weigh myself, not every morning, but I weigh myself three times a week. And that just gives me that range I like to play with. So I like to sit between 94 kilos and 96 kilos. I sit quite comfortably right, varying through that sort of weight range. It's a three kilo weight range. So I know when I jump on the scale and I see 96.1, I'm like, right, Matt, you had your fun. I can get back on it a couple of days back on top. 
if I'm doing a lot of exercise, if I'm doing a lot of classes and I'm not eating right and I see myself my weight dropping down to the 94, I'm like, look, is this intentional? No. Again, let's get back onto your training. Let's get back onto your nutrition. Let's start tracking again. That gives me that little bit of buffer. It gives me those, that's my rule book that I like to play for. When the morning, just start small. For me, it's journaling. For me, it's literally just writing something down. For me, it's planning out and organizing my day. Or if I'm not working with any of you guys and like, like uh, you know yourself. Again, Alex, I do a session with Alex, seven o'clock every morning. I'm in the gym for half past five, done my workout before I've even seen Alex. Train with intention and purpose. For me, sleep seven hours. Eat high quality food 80% of the week, year round. Number six, plan my week with great attention to detail. And number seven is keep promises to myself. Those are my first seven non-negotiables. Number eight is never get complacent or lazy. Nine, have fun socially, but never at the expense of how I want to look physically or feel emotionally. Ten is write a big statement that describes your dream version of yourself with the words I am and who you want to become, why it's important, and how it helps you contribute. For example... Here's mine. I'm a world-class leader and speaker and high-performance coach that helps yo-yo dieters get in the best physical and mental shape of their lives and unleash the confidence they never thought possible. By being ruthlessly consistent and operating with high energy and standards, I'll be able to provide financial freedom for my family and change the lives of millions of people around the world. Now, I'm not there yet. Am I a world-class speaker? Far from it. Am I impact? Am I a world class coach? Am I impacting people around the globe? Well, no, not yet. Am I making millions? Well, again, no, not yet. But that's my focus. As long as I'm focused on that, no matter what happens in every interaction, if I have that direction, if I have that clarity, I know what I'm focusing on. I know what I'm moving towards rather than running away from. And when you speak about motivation, you've got push motivations, you've got pull motivation. Push motivations like, oh, I've just spent all this money. I want to make sure I'm doing it. I want to lose fat. You know what pull motivation is? Is think of how good I'm going to look on a holiday. Think how good I'm going to look in my wedding dress. Imagine if I lived another 10 years and saw my grandkids. Like, you don't need to force that. But the difference is you just need to get clear on the difference and the impact. So some closing thoughts I want you guys to consider. Let's start wrapping this in and putting up some kind of action steps in place. Understand and appreciate that these habits, these routines, these behaviors that you're wanting to focus on, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of repetition. When you go into the woods, there wasn't always the kind of narrow path that's been forged. But once you walk on that path a couple of times, you'll start to see kind of your habits, your routines, your emotions kind of, it, it starts to kind of link. Your brain's very smart and it creates those neural link pathways and you just have that way to kind of build that routine. So again, we have automatic responses. When you see a chocolate bar, you think, oh my God, this is rubbish or some people have that automatic response. And again, all that is is just the blueprint. It's the stories they've been telling themselves. It's a belief system that they're telling themselves. 
So the first thing that we said we need to do is we need to create the, the awareness around it. We need to create the subconscious and we need to make it conscious. So it's like the apps on your phone. I don't need to know about programming. I don't need to know about the depths of it. You don't need to know about all of that surface area. You just need to know about the top 5%. How does this work? What do I need to do? And that's exactly what I want to try to focus on is just focus on that five to 10%. And sort of like, forget about this, that will come with time. Have an awareness around it, have an understanding with it. But let's bring the subconscious and have awareness around it. So how do we do that? Very simple. We get clear on your values, who you are, what you want to become, and then put some goals in place. So again, getting clear on your values allows you creative control when setting a direction in which you want to head and serve, and it can serve as a guide when you're making your decisions. Only then do we set those goals, and these goals serve as checkpoints along the way, i.e., I want to lose five pounds so I become healthier. No, the goal is I want to become healthier. I will know I'm on the right direction when I lose five pounds. Cool. How else can I focus on being healthy? Well, as long as I do my steps, as long as I plan the meals, as long as I drink my water, as long as I get to sleep, I'm being healthy. Hey, presto, you've lost five pounds unintentionally because you've focused on those behaviors which you feel are in line with who you want to be. So here's 20 values that I've just picked out of the sky and some examples. I want you to just simple, simply scribble down your top three, four, maybe even five, no more than five. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and I just want you to scribble down five values out of these 20 that you find that you'd like to focus on. So now, let's start thinking about putting some things in place. So let's those three. Let's taking those top three values that you've picked out here. Can you think of one or two behaviors that are in line with this? So, for example, fun and humor could simply be go to the cinema once a week and watch a comedy, or Alex watch one episode of Sunny in Philadelphia once a week. Um, love, mindfulness, order, persistence, respect. What's a degree of self-respect? Again, drinking a glass of water is an idea of self-respect. If you respect yourself, you're going to focus and look after yourself. Skillfulness, again, how do you improve the quality of your skill? Well, Jay, I'm looking at you. I know that you, like, in your spare time, you love to, like, build Lego. That's a skill. So you, can you practice that? Can we deliberately put in Lego, like, that aspect in terms of mindfulness? And like, that's I'm sure when that's when you get your most creative thoughts because you're just doing these skills. 
Trust, again, like supportiveness. Again, Jay, I'm sure these ones stand out to you as well. So can you think of a couple of behaviours that were in line with those values that you're speaking about? Honestly, it would be no matter what, always speak my truth. Have those meaningful conversations when I feel that something is annoying me. Have a conversation with myself. Raise my hand when I don't feel like I understand it. Kindness could be donate to charity. Kindness just could be offer help, reach out to a friend. And then let's schedule these in for your week. Always move with purpose. Get clear on where you're going and what you need to do to get there. And that's how you turn your shoulds into a must. In terms of goal setting, what we need to think about is there's things as approach goals and then avoidance goals. So if what you're focusing on in terms of those behaviors um, are more so like, in like sorry, if they're avoidance goals in terms of do not eat chocolate, that's going to be more influenced with like negative emotions and the, the chances of success are, are less. You're less likely to follow through on the success. That's what the studies show anyway. In comparison, if you have that choice to focus on goals that, that gives you something to move towards, i.e. I want to drink more water, I want to eat more fruit, I want to walk more, I want to smile more, I want to have more belly laughs, that gives you that direction, that gives you focus and it gives you positive emotions to move towards. Last but not least, of course, is with the goals, is it as an outcome goal? Are you focusing specifically on the results or are you focusing on the process? So example, I want to lose five pounds, right? Well, again, that's the outcome, but how can we focus on the process? What are the steps? What are the couple things that you need to start ticking off to actually influence the result? So like I said, if you're looking to set some goals that are going to be meaningful and are going to last, they need to be approach goals and they need to be processed focus goals. So approach and process is how you create long-term goals that you can stick to. A very simple framework is I will, so that I, this is important to me because, fill in those three blanks. Hold that up for, for 10 seconds. And then last but not least is just simply run it through this very simple thing, your SMART goals. We've all done SMART goal setting before. Again, it's absolutely fantastic. It's a great resource. Is it specific? I'm going to exercise more is not specific. I'm going to exercise three times a week is more specific, but can you be very specific? I'm going to exercise three days a week on Monday, Wednesday and Friday at seven o'clock in the morning. That is very specific. Is it measurable? Yes. Three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll know if I've done it or I'll know if I've not. Is it achievable? Yes. I know that I can get up. I also start work at nine o'clock. So it actually makes sense for me to do that. Is it realistic? It would involve getting up earlier, but I'm okay with that because I'm aware of that. It then gives me my time at night and I don't have much time and, I, and it's dark outside and I don't really want to focus on that. Is it time specific? Absolutely. So if you have an approach goal, and if you have a process goal and it ticks these boxes with, with regards to smart goal setting, you're on to an absolute winner. And then last but not least is just understanding like the contingency plan. 
What's plan B? Is there anything that might get in the way of you achieving this? And this is probably the most important part that often people overlook because your plan is only useful so long as it remains useful. The second you have a plan, a blueprint, and then you get COVID and you need to isolate for the next 10 days, what do you do? As long as you're holding on to that blueprint, your life conditions are not aligned. Your life conditions does not equal your blueprint, therefore you're unhappy. So how can we change that? How can we look at those situations? And what are you going to do differently? So again, Rasheen, kind of signaling you out here. You need to isolate for the next seven days. So we jumped in a call and you said, I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to drink this amount of water. I'm going to do these three things every morning before 12 o'clock. And that way, if I want to sit about and do nothing for the rest of the day, I give myself permission to do that because I have done these three things at this set time. And if you don't do those things by Tuesday, you're going to eat a raw egg as well. Uh, so guys, that is literally 54 minutes on the dot. So I'm going to just wrap up there. Uh, if anyone has any specific questions, just simply write in the chat box. Uh, let me know what your biggest takeaway was there. I'm going to quickly just go through everybody. Um, so I'm going to go Alex, and then I'm going to go Rasheen, and then I'm going to go over to Jay. So guys, very quickly, uh, any questions at all that you want to add, just kind of focus on that one. Alex, over to you. If you just quickly take yourself off of mute. Uh, no, nothing just now. I'll look through the slides again when you send them out. Yep, absolutely. I know there's a lot there to really kind of chunk down and really digest. Um, but like I said, I think if you've been taking notes and you can reflect back over those notes, then we can digest that a little bit further. Awesome. Rasheen, over to yourself. No, I'm okay as well. I'll just read over the um, my notes and the slides as well. Awesome. Awesome. And last but not least, of course, is our Jay. Okay, thank you. Um, not all good, bud. Um, just a lot of good reminders about goal setting and just how to think about it positively. Yeah. Huge, huge. Is that that where your focus goes, energy flows, and your results shows? It does. Uh, why is everything? Everything seems so much more inspirational when it rhymes. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, all right, team. Let's finish up there. Wrap up on the.